0: Welcome to Momentum Church. Well, we're supposed to start a new series today on the tabernacle. I don't know if you are interested in that. It's going to be an awesome series. We are not starting it today. Yeah. Um, Sometimes in ministry, um, you just want to sit and hurt as a pastor. You don't want to serve and help. You just want to sit and hurt because I'm a, I'm a, I'm with you guys. We're a family, right? <laughs> And so just to kind of get you up to speed, and I've shifted the sermon today in light of everything that's going on. Um, The last couple weeks, our Hannah's just had a real downturn. And um, I, I debated, do I say that today? You know, respecting the Johnsons, I want to respect their privacy as much as possible. Do I say that? We're a family, huh? And so we lean into each other, in the good and the bad, in the hard and the, the easy. And so the last couple weeks has had a downturn, and without details, currently, right now, is in hospice care at home, <laughs> and God only knows that time. Amen? And so... I'm going to ask you to do something very difficult. They have tons of support. They feel your prayers. This is not the time to reach out to them, okay? I know that sounds really hard. There's a lot of people that are connected deeply, both staff, church people, and family, and friends. And so it's not the time to reach out. They need as much minutes, times, days for them right now. Does that make sense? But I'll just be honest, as pastor, I just, I just want to s- sit and let somebody else come up here today. But I know God is good. And I know in light of the last couple weeks, I've just been leaning in. God's been preparing our hearts. I've just been leaning in so much to remember the board on up here, the faith to receive, the faith to grow, the faith to rest. It's impossible to please God without faith. And your televangelist will tell you the only way you're going to please God is to have faith to receive. And your reformed brother who tells you that the healings aren't possible and that that doesn't happen for today, they're going to tell you, well, the only faith you have is over here, the faith to rest. And they're all wrong. They're not wrong. They're just not in balance. Amen? Amen. We need to have faith to receive, faith to grow, and faith to rest. And that's hard. That's difficult. In the last couple of weeks, I've been trying to fight and deal with that. And so sometimes in life, you know, as a pastor, you have to preach to yourself to keep yourself. And so y'all are just going to have to um, listen to me preach to me. Is that okay? I would just sit at my desk trying to finish the last or the first sermon up for to this sunday for tabernacle and i just would i just would get lost in space and tuesday and thursday and thursday about two i'm like just lord i just don't know how what i'm supposed to say And the lord began to show me something and i want i want to go into dealing with pain of life and persevering in faith what does that look like as the church when we deal with pain the pain of life how many's experienced pains in the past and you try to pray them away, but they still hurt. Amen? You still went through hell and high water, as the old hillbilly preacher would say. You went through it. And how did you persevere in faith? I want us to stand to our feet as we honor God's word today. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I know the Johnsons are watching, I'm sure. And so Brantley, Hannah, we love you guys. I'm not going to speak the kids' names this is online, but we love you. We're here for you. We're praying for you. You are family. And we'll never know the burden you're carrying right now, but we will share in it as best we can. It says in Second Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, therefore we do not lose heart, Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. And then verse 17, sometimes I'm like, really? No, how many's had some light afflictions? Yeah, everything feels light right now, amen. But sometimes, man, it's heavy afflictions, but it says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal, say eternal, an eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, say temporary. Temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal, say eternal one more time. Father, in the name of Jesus, just help us today to get an eternal perspective when it comes to the pains of life, when it comes to our struggles, when it comes to just... (laughs) Just me, Lord, putting my finger in your face and saying it's not fair. It's not fair. Lord, help us to understand what it means to have that perspective. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have your seat. I want to go back. It's about 44 AD is what historians will tell you when this happened. And it's a time in the church that you're seeing growth. All through Judea, the church is growing. And remember Jesus said when the Holy Spirit would come that that you would be a witness in Judea Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth and a couple of the main preachers of that time were James the son of Zebedee remember James and John the fisherman James the son of Zebedee and Peter they were there in that region they were well known they're preaching the gospel they're walking if you will in a healing anointing we hear read testimonies of healings throughout the book of Acts as people minister they're, they're moving forth with the usefulness of God. God is using them as choice vessels of honor, all right? Both James and Peter, and obviously the other apostles as well. But in Acts 12, we come into this story that that I've never seen before in this light. It says, about that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. So historians do not know whether that was he was stabbed with the sword or beheaded with the sword, but James was killed with the sword. This preacher out there doing the gospel, doing the work and will of the Father, seeing many, many people come to faith, this man, he is killed by this enemy, Herod, takes his life. And then when Herod saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. And so now you see a second preacher, you know? I mean, they've got two, two of these guys now. So they arrest Peter, and they bring him in. They put him in chains, and they put him in an inner, inner prison, way deep inside this prison, This was during the days of unleavened bread, which is Passover. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. And we kind of know Jesus' story, kind of how that happens. They bring him out, and and the people are going to kind of help bring verdict. And and it looks like we're going to have another preacher taken from this congregation, another key person like James, that they loved and they cared about and they esteemed and they valued and they listened to and he had impact and influence and now they have Peter also. And so in Acts 12, verse 5, it says, Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Earnest prayer was made to God by the church. They've lost James. I believe they were praying for James as well, you know. But we see the recording here that now they begin to pray for Peter. I'm sure those prayers struggled. How many of you have prayers that struggled? Like after you didn't receive answers to prayers that you wanted to receive the answer the way you wanted to receive the answer, then in times after that, it's like, why even pray? Right? Guests are like, Ross is a heretic. No, I'm just a realist. Why even throw up another supplication? What good did it do? Why believe to receive for something else? I do want to call to light something really neat. Because we're eternal people, not temporal people. The historians will say that when James was beheaded, that sometime between the process of his accuser bringing him to the system, all right, and the beheading, that the accuser had a conversion. <laughs> and that the accuser said it was because of James's courage that he began to follow Jesus. And the accuser, alongside of James, both their lives were taken. As martyrs. Isn't that wild? That's an eternal thing. I mean, I I don't understand that. I told you last week, we look back with hindsight and we see in our tragedies and then we see in our today how God will connect dots and, okay, God, I see what you did here. I'm sure that accuser was thankful that God somehow connected the dots. It was horrible what happened to James, but that accuser's with James in heaven today because of James's courage through the whole process. But now we're looking at Peter, and Peter here is praying, they're praying for him earnestly. And and so what ends up happening, this is so neat, they're praying, and and in the night, an angel comes. And and Peter doesn't realize this is almost real until it's over. But all through the story, as you read it, this angel comes, the chains are loose. He tells Peter to cover himself with a cloak, you know, kind of like the, cloak of transparency i don't know what it was but they walked past the first guard they walked past the second guard i mean like this is some neat stuff say miraculous stuff (sighs) yeah it is miraculous stuff the people are praying right and now we're seeing this miracle take place and the angel is getting peter outside the prison gates untouched unharmed And in Acts 12, 11, when Peter came to himself, he said, now I'm sure that the Lord has sent this angel and rescued me. And what I think is funny about that, now I'm sure. Yeah, you're outside the prison. I I think seeing the angel and he's walking you through, I'd be pretty sure. But I think what it was, he thought he was in a dream. This isn't really happening. Man, I have felt like that a lot this year. I felt like that a lot the last two weeks. This isn't really happening. He says, when Peter came to himself, he said, Now I'm sure the Lord has sent his angel and he's rescued me from the hand of Herod, say the enemy, and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. But I don't know about y'all. Like I said, it's quick for me to want to say, That's not fair. I don't know about y'all, but one of the earliest muscles exercised in a two year old, three year old child is the that's not fair muscle. Mom, oh, not fair. It's not fair. And I feel like a four-year-old right now. It's not fair. And I look at this story. One apostle slain by the sword. The other apostle led to freedom by an angel in a miraculous way. One experiencing death. The other experiencing deliverance. One sent on to glory, bringing another with him. And the other set free to continue preaching. It blows my mind. I don't understand, God, why Peter and not James and, or why not deliver them both or, you know? But where were the church people? They're praying, right? They're over here praying. Verse 12, when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John. This is after he has been set free. The mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. I mean, it makes sense they'd be at John's house. You realize, you know, like, like these are people that prayed for James, and now they're praying for, for Peter. And they said, where many had gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice and her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. And they said to her, you are out of your mind. I love that. We're praying, but we're gun-shy, you know? We're praying, but we're just not quite certain, you know? It's like the answer's at the door, you know? Eternity just showed up and it's like, ah, yeah, but really, Can, can God still dig God? I don't understand why James is gone, but now we're praying for Peter and I don't think we're gonna see him. And she says, he's at the door. So this idea of faith to receive, does it sound like they had a lot of faith? No, their faith was broken. They were diminished. Their believer was broke, you know? You ever have your believer break? Yeah. And so they're praying. They can't believe, you're out of your mind, Rhoda, you're out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, it is his angel. They didn't quite have their theology square yet. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And so what I see here when I when I read this scripture yet in spite of all they were facing and even their disbelief and their discouragement in spite of all that they still gathered amen in spite of all their doubts and fears, they still prayed. In spite of all their, 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 their um, frustration and anger and maybe the, 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 the exercising of the, the it's not fair muscle to God, they still gathered and prayed and they still worshipped. You know what's really neat? In spite of all the loss of James... And there was others that they were friends with. It wasn't just James that they killed at this time. in spite of all of that, they're gathered in this place praying. And guess what? They still experience the miraculous. They, they, the, an angel brought Peter out of that prison. Just as sure as the comfort of God carried James all the way to glory. That angel brought him out of that prison. That's miraculous. And so they still experience the miraculous. And now he's there, and they're ready to, they're ready to celebrate. They still celebrate it. They're ready to celebrate. Like, let me just tell you. Let me, be- I- I'm gonna give you something to celebrate about. Like, they're all ready, and he's like, no, I'm gonna tell you the whole story. This is what happened. And so they still celebrate it. Now, there's that enemy. Everybody say enemy. Hair is in this story, okay? So you see Peter in the story. James is passed. That's that symbol for today's talk of those prayers, those things, those petitions that weren't answered the way we desire. There's Peter. That, the, that's kind of a picture for us today of, of, of God still is on the throne. God's still doing work, amen? But there's an enemy, there's the church praying, and then there's the enemy. These are kind of the four components. James and Peter, the church praying, and then there's an enemy. And I want to look at Herod a little bit. Verse 21 through 23, on an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes. This is in the same passage of scripture. He took his seat upon the throne, and he delivered an, orati- an, or- an oration to them. And the people were shouting, catch this, the voice of a God and not of a man. They bought into this enemy. They bought into him. The voice of a God. And it says, immediately the angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory. And just to make matters worse, and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. And, and I, I, I don't wish that upon my enemies, but I'm kind of glad of the order of that because it didn't say he breathed his last and was eaten by worms. That, that, that's how that usually works. He said... He was eaten by warrant. Like, like this guy went through some stuff before he went. You know? Yeah, yeah. And so, what Herod speaks to us, it speaks. He speaks of an archetypical enemy. All right. I just want you to think of them as an archetypical enemy. And there are enemies at times in our lives that make it hard to continue to trust and believe and pray and seek God. They've killed all things once and you wonder if they'll kill all things again in your life. And it makes it difficult. Enemies like disease. Enemies like despair. Enemies like discouragement. And yes, even enemies like death. That enemy we see represented here as Herod. And it says here, the voice of a God and not of a man. Can I tell you right now? Your enemy has a voice. Yeah, he does. Oh. And I've heard that voice in contrast to the promises of God over and over the last couple weeks. So strong. Your enemy has a voice. If God loved you, why would he let you go through this? You've heard that voice from your enemy before? Oh yeah. You serve God faithfully and this is how he repays you? Dude, I, 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 just, I mean, again, every affliction I ever had is light. But I can remember being so frustrated. Years ago, our church is growing slow. And a, a guy I knew's church had grown to 1,000, two pastors had grown to a thousand in three years. Both of those churches, I won't say what communities, had grown fast and both those preachers couldn't keep their freaking pants on. And I was mad at God, God it's not fair. I'm staying faithful down here and this is going slow and these whoremongers, I'm sorry, that's my hillbilly mama coming out of me. She'd be like, but she'd be like, those whoremongers, bless their hearts growing these churches. I mean, they lost it all, you know, but I'm just saying, it was just in the moment. Yeah, it is in the moment. It's just not, mm, you know. That voice of the enemy, you've served God faithfully, and this is how he repays you. If God isn't willing to change your situation, is he worth even worshiping? The voice of the enemy. (laughs) Sometimes the voice of the enemy comes from people. Remember Job's wife? Why don't you curse God and die? She said that. The voice of an enemy. But can I tell you right now, when there is a voice that raises up and the voice of the enemy tries to speak loud, we have a voice too, and it's called the word of the Lord. Amen? And the word of the Lord will have the final say every time. Because the word of the Lord is eternal, not temporal. It's not bound by time, space, matter. It's eternal, And his word will have the final say every time. 1 Corinthians 15, 53 through 58. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Ooh, I love this. Death is swallowed up in victory. And I don't know, death for you, obviously, what we're looking at right now, that's just very real and present in the fore part of our, 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 our cerebral cortex or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like, we're there. Like, it's all we can think about. But death for you can mean any of those things I was talking about. The enemies of our heart that bring despair, discouragement, disease, whatever it might be. Death, it's swallowed up. The thing the enemy wants to use to defeat us is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, our grave, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus. Now, verse 38 is paramount, because we go through stuff, amen? And we pray, and sometimes we don't see the answers we want, and sometimes it feels like death is rising in our life. Despair, discouragement is rising. Verse 38, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast. Hmm. Steadfast, I mean, that idea that that you are sure-footed here, like, God, my ground underneath me feels real shaky right now, but I I, I gotta be steadfast. What does that look like? I gotta lean into your water, I gotta lean, lean, lean into your body. I got lean into truth, not lies. Be steadfast, be immovable. I'm not, I'm not changing my course. I'm not changing my direction. I, I, God, you've called me to this life to serve you. No matter what I'm experiencing and facing, I'm gonna be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I'm not gonna stop putting my hands to what you desire. I mean, think of James. I don't know what that looked like. This is just my picture. His accuser ends up being somehow touched and pricked in his heart by the Holy Spirit in regards to the courage of James. And and they were killed together, so I just have this picture that they're in the jail together at some point, you know? And James knows he's going down. Well, you know what? They're gonna take my life. I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. No, he's in there preaching up a storm. He's in there sharing everything he can share. And that accuser's just... Receiving, receiving to the point that he too would become a martyr. In other words, James was still doing the work, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not vain. It's not in vain. Remember when I said in verse 23, immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give give God the glory? I love this. The very next verse says this, Acts 12, 24. The very next verse. But the word of God increased and multiplied. God's word never goes out and returns void. There's always going to be fruit from his word. That fruit may look different than what we intend and want and plan, but through eternal things, that word will bring forth fruit. And that's why we persevere. That's why we stand strong. Doesn't mean we don't weep. The Bible says that we don't sorrow as those who have no hope. Doesn't say we don't sorrow. Right? We sorrow. We sorrow. But our sorrow is undergirded by hope. And because of that, we can persevere. And because of that, we can be steadfast. Say steadfast. Immovable. Abounding in God's work. Yeah. And the labor, the things that we put our hands to, it's not vain. No matter what loss we have, pains we have, sufferings we have, struggles we have, here in this mortal plane, Something, some far greater weight of glory, something that we don't understand is at work. And we have not labored in vain. I I think the word in scripture that I think is so good that I always see is the word yet. Everybody say yet. 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 Just a simple little word, yet. And and, it basically is just in nevertheless. Nevertheless. This here is what's going on, yet I'm going to hold on to this. This here is what I'm experiencing, yet in spite of. That's another definition of yet, yet. In spite of, and we see it all the time in scripture, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. 2 Corinthians 6.10. We hear David, why are you cast down, O oh, my soul? And why are you disquieted with him? He's talking to himself. Why? Because he's discouraged. He's in despair. And he's telling himself, what's wrong with you? Ross Wiseman, why are you looking at God right now, saying it's not fair? We've seen it for one. Why can't we see it for everyone? Why is my soul downcast? It says, hoping God, this is what he says, hoping God, for yet, for I shall yet, every say yet? yet, praise him for the help of his countenance, Psalm 42, 5. One more, therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, and I don't think this is just speaking of physical things, I, I think, think of it all temporal things, all temporal things are perishing, says, the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Why? We are eternal beings. You've heard that before. We're not a body that holds a spirit and has a mind that makes everything kind of, you know, um, 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 cognitive. No, we're a spirit with a mind that gets to hang out in a body for a little bit. Amen. And then there'll be a day when incorruptibility will put on corruptibility will put on incorruptibility and mortality will put on immortality. Man. That's like like the Jesus suit. Don't you guys ever like just feel like the Jesus suit doesn't fit? You know what I'm saying? Like like I just like put on the image of Christ and it's like, it just doesn't it don't it's just I got bulges here and bulges there. It just don't fit. You know, man, that day, oh my gosh, that day Corruptibility puts on incorruption and mortality, immortality. It's like oh fits. Not because I did anything different, but I was made for eternity. <laughs> Sickness doesn't fit inside the suit no more. Disease doesn't fit inside the suit no more. Amen. Sin, carnality, flesh doesn't fit inside the suit no more. Because <sighs> you were made for eternity. You're dressed and ready, not because of yourself, because your righteousness is of filthy rags, amen but the righteousness of God you put on changes everything, makes us eternal beings with an eternal perspective. And because of that, we are renewed day by day. Hmm. So that word yet, I want to give you a few things as I think about us in light of that early church. Everything within us cries out to distance ourselves at times from everybody when we go through things, yet we will still gather. Amen? Say gather. Though at times it feels like the ceiling is brass and we wonder if we're being heard by God at all, yet we will still pray. Say pray. Though at times we fail to see God's hand, we will trust his heart, so yet we will still worship. Say worship. Though the answer to our prayers, the way we want it at times in the past, the way we want it to happen, don't happen that way, yet we will still experience the miraculous say the miraculous amen we're still going to be a church that's going to pray to receive even we don't understand why sometimes we pray to receive and we don't see it we're commissioned by the bible to pray for those who are sick to anoint them with oil amen and to believe that god and the prayer of faith and the power of god would heal them and we've seen it time and time again and i don't understand why we don't see it every time and so i've got to have faith to grow I've got to have faith to rest. Lord, here at work, I don't understand it. But you know what? Yet will we still experience miracles. Though it can feel at times like we haven't had a win in a long time, yet we will celebrate. Amen? That's what the early church did. They lost James. And they gathered, and they prayed, and they worshipped, and they experienced a miracle, and they celebrated. Eventually, all of the apostles, but John the Baptist, eventually they all, or not John, I'm sorry, all the apostles were lost, eventually. And John the Baptist ends up, you know, on the Isle of, you know the whole, or John the Revelator, I said the Baptist, I'm sorry. John the Revelator ends up on the Isle of Patmos. John the Apostle John, not John the Baptist, ends up being boiled in oil. I mean, like, all of them went through stuff, for sure. And so I finish with, "Why are you cast down, O oh my soul?" And why are you disquieted within me?" I want to go back to that, hoping God, for I shall yet praise Him. And I love this, for the help of His countenance. Who? That's the key. I will praise him for the help of his countenance. And not I will praise him because he met my need. I will praise him because he accomplished what I asked. I will praise him because he was the solution when I said, give me the solution and give it to me now. No, no, I will praise him because of his countenance, the help of his countenance. What is that? What is this? this? That's your face, your countenance, your visage. In other words, when you are not seeing his hands, you're not seeing him do what you want him to do right now, and I'm not, and I'm going to have to deal with it. With this sermon, I'm preaching to me so I don't get better. Amen? And when you don't see his hands doing what you want his hands to do, you press pressing close, and you look for his face. <laughs> you look for his face. When, when, when Scripture in the, in, in the um, um the Iran um, um, and the blessing, the, the 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 blessing of the Ona'kim, the 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 the, konakim, the, the priesthood, you know, um, this whole thing, that's not Spock. you right. Leonard Nimoy is a Jew. I love this, and he stole this from the rabbis. It's a Shema, or it's not a Shema. It's a a a a, a Shin. It's the letter Shin. And the priestly blessing. At one point, they would say, "The Lord." bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face (laughs) to shine upon you. You Y'all know the next line. You've heard it. And give you peace. Amen? It's the peace of God. That's our hope. It's his face shining on us even though we don't see his hand. It's going into his presence and walking with him when we understand him, when we don't understand what he's doing. And in that, leaning into that relationship, we find peace to persevere. We find the faith necessary to carry on and to pray again and to gather again and to worship again and to celebrate again. And yes, to experience miracles again. Amen? I want us to stand. I just feel as a body we just need to stand together today. Everybody just touch each other. Just reach out. I know if you're a guest it might feel a little weird because you don't know this crazy bunch, but they're good people. Hmm. Come here, Brian. Bring it over. I got to touch the weight (sighs) too. We don't know what today, the next couple days, three days, we don't know what it looks like. We don't. It's not too late for a miracle. We know that. We have faith to receive. But we don't know what it looks like. But we know God's face is shining on this situation, and we know whatever you're going through, God's face is shining on it, and so yet we will still, yet we will still pray. We will still gather, yet we will still worship, yet we will still celebrate, yet we will still see miracles. And so, Lord, as I gather with my family, my church family, God, we're hurting Jesus, We have looked to your hand. We've expected, and today we're just hurting. We turn our face to your countenance. Oh, Lord God, we look to your countenance. Let us get a glimpse, Lord, from you that you're a good father who's hurting as well. You're all powerful, God. You can do anything, but you do hurt when we hurt. And Lord God, we don't understand sometimes loss in our life and pain and suffering in our life, but Lord, we do know we can trust you and that you're good. And so we look to you and we see the face of a good father looking back at us and we thank you, Jesus. Let your countenance rest upon us that we may continue to have your peace in this temporal realm when we struggle to persevere and that we'll have that eternal perspective that bolsters our faith, that we know your voice, the voice of your word, will always have the final say. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.